everybody. Welcome to the Homemakers Podcast. We are here today to talk about some more non-Hallmark uh, holiday films from this year. We're talking about two Lifetime films and one film from ION, and it's going to be really fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and today we have uh, Carrie Francis here with us. And uh, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love this podcast. Well, we were we we found out about you through Twitter. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you had said something uh, in, on a thread about how you would just love to come on the podcast. And there's nothing we need more, especially during the holidays, than than guests to come <laughs> on. And so I said, sure, hey, let's do it. Yes, and, I love that. I think it's so funny because I, I've been on a lot of podcasts this year and uh-huh. none of them are related to like there there's a few Hallmark or Lifetime or made for TV type movie podcasts and none of them were in that category. And I, I did. I found myself tweeting like, what the heck? How am I not on any of these podcasts? I am like made for this. So uh-huh. oh well we're excited. Well uh, why don't you take a second introduce yourself uh, to our audience. Sure, of course. So I'm Carrie Francis. Like Rachel said, I'm an actress, a singer, a voiceover artist, and I am currently in the hit movie Knives Out, um, which is pretty much available anywhere, but it's definitely on Amazon Prime, which I know most people get their movies on Prime or not. Um, And that was such a big blockbuster hit of a movie that um, now I get to do cool things like be on podcasts and do interviews and -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So how did you end up getting the role in Knives Out? Um, It's, you know, I think a a short story and a long story. I originally I'm in like musical theater, New York theater, commercials and voiceover, all that. But I've always wanted to do movies and TV. Um, Years ago, I made a friend. I I met a friend out of nowhere. And um, that's the writer director of Knives Out. And he's been watching me work now for like 10 years. Um, and I was in and out for the movie before this, which was the Star Wars movie, um, The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. And so I was in and out of callbacks for that. And then that didn't end up happening. And so when this movie came around, he said, you know what? You're not right for any of the roles that I wrote. So I'm going to write you a role. And oh. um, yeah, it's like one of the, it's like a TV movie in and of itself, right? It's like a dream come true story. But I always preface it by saying like, you know. Uh, no friend, no matter how great of a friend would ever say, Hey, come be in this $40 million studio, major gigantic film with all these famous people, just cause I like you, you know? So I, I always preface it with, um, sure. the, the yeah. Decade, yeah, of, of him watching me work and, and putting in the, the time. So, yeah. Yeah, I well, I wonder because your uh, your IMDb because they don't include like stage work and right. some stuff like that. And so I was like, is this her first role? How did she end up getting in that part? And so uh, that's yeah. very interesting to hear. And and uh, so you met Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was uh, I was doing a, a decade ago. Tour. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a big tour, and I had a night off, and. Um, I went to the movies and he was there and neither of us lived in Texas and, mm-hmm. um, and he was showing one of his movies and that was that we just, oh, we're, we're yeah. of the same people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. And so, uh, you have done, have you, have you done a, a lot of stage work? Yes. Yeah. I've done, um, mm-hmm. 
quite a bit since I was little. And um, like you said, it's it's really different. You go to someone's IMDb and you're like, who is this person? Do they even have a career? Like, you know, but um, yes, I, I've been working. Um, I booked a really big Broadway tour right out of college. And that was um, also with big fancy names um, like Harvey Firestein and um, mm. Topol, who's a very famous theater actor. And, um, and, you know, commercials don't go on there. Voiceover doesn't go on there. Recordings don't go on there. So, yeah, I'm like a 10-year overnight success. Right. Yeah, that's what they always say. Every overnight sensation is 10 years in the making. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I will say, even though it's not my first job, it's my first movie. And so to have that be most people do like a student film, or they do a low budget indie. So to be thrust into that, that's really like a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, So what's your favorite? I'm I'm a huge Broadway buff, by the way. So do you have a favorite Broadway role that that you've been able to do a favorite musical role? Um, I would say, uh, because of that tour, I have a really strong um, soft spot in my heart for Fiddler on the Roof. Mm. Um, I played one of the youngest daughters in that, but uh-huh. um, I really love the musical In the Heights. I really love uh-huh. anything Lynn manuel touches, of course, like mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah. Um, and I would love, love, love if I could still play um, the oldest daughter in The Sound of Music. That would be one of my Oh, Liesl. Yeah. Yes, to sing that, that classic 16 going on 17. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have our dreams someday of having a um, Hallmark, uh, Hallmark musical. Uh, oh they gosh. we got dancing this year, so we're 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 getting closer every year. <laughs> every year, a little more, and it was so exciting yeah. this year to see, um, you know, Laura Osnes in a role mm-hmm. and yeah, that on Hallmark and Jeremy Jordan. Yes, they're definitely circling each other, and I love that. I know for a long time it's been so divided where you couldn't even do like commercials or any on-camera work if you were a theater musical theater type of actor so yeah it's merging which I like to see that that's that's been one of the best parts about this whole season I mean as as horrible as it is to have Broadway closed Mm. it's been a gift to Hallmark and us Hallmark fans to be able to see all these these Broadway performers Ali Stroker on Lifetime Mm. her movie was so good and all of that has been really fun Yes, absolutely. I I agree with you. And it kind of relates to the first movie we're going to talk about with with Uh pivoting and having big changes. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, yeah, let's dive in. We're covering two Lifetime movies as the main uh, part of this podcast. And uh, so the first one is A Christmas Exchange. And this like I said, was on Lifetime. This stars Lara Vandervoot and Rainbow Sun Franks. I think is how you say it. Sorry. Yeah, I think so. Said it wrong. <laughs> um, and it's this holiday season, Molly Cooper swaps her snow-covered farmhouse for Patrick Kensington's posh London apartment. While enjoying Christmas time in the UK, Molly begins to look forward to every communication with Patrick. Likewise, Patrick finds Molly's warm emails and texts charming and compelling. Sparks fly between them as they get to know each other and fall in love as they live in each other's spaces. Coming home for Christmas Day, Molly is greeted to a new life and a new love. So what was your overall thoughts about this movie? I actually really loved this movie and 
I was a little hesitant because it does give me like the holiday vibes. Yeah. Of course, house swapping one to the UK and one to the States. And so I did have a little judgment. I'm not going to lie before I started watching it. Um, And then I started watching and I just thought, oh, this is going to be one of my favorites from the whole season. And I think that's definitely true. Yeah. So I liked this way more than I expected as well. You definitely kind of get worried. Is it going to be, you know, really derivative of of the holiday? I mean, and my favorite Hallmark movie is Trading Christmas, which also has that same kind of swapping houses uh, thing. But uh, it was really charming. And I think they did a very good job of pulling this off, considering they had someone going to Connecticut and someone going to London and neither of them were in either of those places. <laughs> right. Right. That, uh, that it, I think most of it was filmed in Ontario. So that was yes. pretty impressive. Oh my gosh. Everything. So much of Lifetime and Hallmark is filmed in Canada. Right. <laughs> let me tell you what, I get so jealous as an American actor. I'm always like, I just have to get famous enough to be able to do these Christmas movies as an American actor. <laughs> I think that all the yeah. time. I know. It's true. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, they, because most of it was inside and so that's how they were able. And then they used like a lot of stock footage of London and stuff like that to make it work. And I guess according to my friend, Michelle, she said that some of the stuff was shot in Glasgow uh, that she'd read that or something. Um, but I think most of it was in Ontario. And uh, so I don't know they did a, they did a very good job of, of kind of pulling that off. I thought considering what they, you know, they had to work with and the director is, um, Justin Dyke and I actually have interviewed him and he does a really good job with these with these movies and this was definitely an acquisition both of these were for sure um so they weren't like made by Lifetime Mm -hmm. but he does a good job I think making these movies on a very low budget but making them charming and fun and uh and so I had never seen either of these two actresses I know that Lara Vandervoort that she has um v- Vandervoort I don't know how you say it anyway <laughs> I'd seen her in Smallville I guess I, I've seen that and I think she did a Disney Channel movie um years ago maybe mm-hmm. but yeah. she's not somebody I'm super familiar with it seemed like people on Twitter were a lot more familiar with her than I am yeah, I agree. I checked out both of their Instagrams. I checked out everyone's Instagrams that yeah. were part of these movies, of course. And <laughs> I'm always so shocked when I've never heard of someone and like clearly hundreds of thousands of people have, you know? Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. That's the Disney one. I actually just yeah. reviewed that uh, for, I'm um, over on my other channel for, for Halloween. Uh, but she isn't somebody I'm super familiar with, but she was on Smallville. Uh, she played Kara on Smallville, Supergirl okay. on Smallville. So I knew her a little bit, I guess, from that. But but anyway, she's done a bunch of shows, so that's probably why she has sort of a following. And 
so she was really cute. I really liked her. She did start. She did ir- irritate me towards the end, but <laughs> for most of the movie, I liked her. And then he was very charming, and I. I am unfamiliar with him as well. Yeah, same here. I was so, and even just looking at his name, I was like, I feel like I would definitely know this name. I would know this person. And mm-hmm. the same thing, he clearly has a really strong following and and has obviously a career, you know, in his. In his yeah, life. it looks like he's done a bunch of shows. I'm looking at his IMDb. Uh, he was on, uh, he was on Umbrella, the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm um and a few other things so that's probably you know you if you get on enough shows people start to kind of recognize you and go to cons and stuff like that um so that's probably why but i liked him he was charming throughout uh he was probably my favorite character in the film and overall i just found it breezy and pleasant and sweet and and she was frustrating towards the end, but I could, I I could forgive that. I guess overall, yes, I enjoyed it. Yes, there um, was a point where she was like, "Okay, girl, come, like don't kick him out of his own house because right. let's get it together here, Molly." So she finds the list that she made as a child of her dreams, and it starts with number one, go to London. Number two, find her dad's childhood home. And number three, marry a British man. So that is quite the list for a young child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, especially the find find my dad's childhood home. I don't know that many kids that are interested in that, but but she finds the list. She's very excited. She also is a huge uh, rom com watcher, and she's watching Christmas with a Prince. Uh, which is actually not a lifetime movie, so that's part of the reason you can tell that it's not a that this is an acquisition, right? Because <laughs> uh, because this was on Up Channel here, Christmas with a Prince, and I think and it's also directed by Justin Dyke. It's Christmas with a Prince, and the uh, they had a, a different name in the um, in the movie. It was something like Christmas with the buckinghams or something like that Mm -hmm. i forgot to write that down (laughs) but she gets super involved in this movie she loves it and she's crying and she's super super into it and i mean i think that's something all of us hallmarkies can relate to oh absolutely (laughs) yes definitely and sharing it with her grandmother like that Mm -hmm. they both loved it so much and had an emotional connection to it definitely Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i can remember oh gosh uh with i mean not as much with my mom but with like my girlfriends and my friends and and uh my my sister watching uh, romantic movies together i mean a little bit with my mom but my mom's not a huge movie person but i there's all these movies that i i kind of put under the label of what i call sleepover movies yes. they're usually they're movies i would watch with my girlfriends and they're usually kind of dopey but they're uh romantic movies something like the cutting edge dirty dancing um girls just want to have fun usually they involve some kind of dancing of some kind 
like romance or ice skating. Yeah. Uh, yes, like 13 been, going on 30. That's what yeah, I thought. That, that would have been one. Uh, back, but back in like the 80s, 90s, some kind of wonderful. That was definitely on the list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I, so I can, I can relate to her character and she kind of reminds me a little bit of the character in Austin land, but I'm not a big fan of that movie mm. because of some of the choices that the script makes, but the, uh, the, the whole idea of kind of just being a hopeless romantic movie lover, you know, of course you've got all the Nora Ephron films that I loved still do love uh with sleepless in seattle and you know movies like that and yes those are my my go-tos for sure yeah but my all-time favorite is while you were sleeping yeah 100%. yeah and we're gonna have a lot of fun on the podcast we are actually uh for our new year's episode we're going to be previewing new year's new movies and Ooh talking yeah and talking while you were sleeping because it's kind of a new year's movie Mm -hmm. uh for uh for next week's episode on wednesday uh and we're gonna have uh greg mcbride screenwriter and who's the best and uh and anyway so that's something to look forward to actually i'm going to be watching that uh and i just watched another good one that's kind of like that i just watched last holiday and we reviewed it with my friend samantha oh, that's so good. that one is that one is underrated that is a good little rom-com and <laughs> so i don't know i loved i liked that in the in the film and, and you know she wants to marry a british man and and so she decides that they're going to swap they're going to swap houses and he decides he just needs a break He's just overworked, but he's got kind of writer's block. Is how he's gonna is he gonna write? He's always wanted to write a novel, and so they swap houses. He goes to Connecticut. She goes to his lush London posh apartment, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and she forgets to leave the key under the mat, which was pretty funny because you know she leaves all of these notes, the post notes, all over the house, but she forgets <laughs> to leave the key. <laughs> that made me laugh (laughs) i wrote that down too i I, especially the post-it notes like i love that part so much yeah it was so cute i i like that too and so he has to crawl through (laughs) the window uh and then her dog is there oh harry yeah and he and the dog is very suspect of him (laughs) yes crawling through and the her friend was supposed to pick up the dog right yeah and i did write a note i i literally wrote on my little notes uh stranger watching dog i don't think so which is it's just very me like there's no way i would let any stranger watch my dog henry and dogs are like so important to me i love little harry in this movie he was he was a cute he was a cute dog yeah he really was and so that was that was funny and she's all telling him she's like it's not exactly an equal swap here right yeah heads up my house is yeah. not your house <laughs> uh but that starts their sort of texting back and forth and and you know we've seen earlier this season how that can work if you have it written well uh, that you can have the texting like the the people you can build the chemistry uh, and make it feel like the characters are together, even if they're not physically together. Mm-hmm. And it would deliver by Christmas this year. And this kind of gets some of that same dynamic going. I mean, in, in this one, 
it's maybe not quite as much because that i love that movie so much but this because at least in that one they they are actually physically crossing paths mm-hmm. they just don't know it in this one they obviously aren't physically crossing paths until the end last act and but i still really enjoyed it and uh, they get to kind of see each other's lives and so she ends up going to this publishing house and she meets her favorite author jules is her name mm-hmm. and uh but, but she impresses jules and jules hires her to edit and give her the millennial perspective on, on her new novel and jules is very cynical about modern love you know about dating apps and stuff like that she thinks it's all uh, lost its spark right and i don't know what do you think about about jules jules was an interesting character i didn't love the character as a whole but out of everyone in the movie she wouldn't have been like in my tops but i thought that it was really interesting because molly's got this perceived idea of what life in London and and as a romance writer or what love looks like. And it's a good reminder that the conceptual idea is not always the real thing. And so even though I think it crushed her a little to find out Jules like didn't believe in the things she wrote about and it was all imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it really helped move her along in her growth. Yeah. And she was, she was over the top, but in kind of an amusing way. Yeah. I, I like it when these movies kind of are a little campy sometimes. <laughs> they don't take themselves so seriously. And so I, I actually, I had her fun with her character. She was definitely ridiculous. But, but uh, then on his side of uh, over, over in Connecticut, he, he meets Jim and Andy, which are her friends. And they are hoping to adopt a baby. And that was really cute. I thought that whole story. I- Got so excited because talk about things you love to watch over and over. Gilmore Girls is my absolute go-to. So seeing Annie Truesdale playing Andy, like uh-huh. from seeing the second his name popped up on screen, I did a little like jump up and down. I got so excited because I just uh-huh. love him as an actor and you don't get to see him in too many things other than Gilmore Girls. So right. that was really, that was a bonus for me. And I loved the characters too. I thought they were a cute little couple. Yeah, they were really sweet. And, and he's just like, you're going to have to drive. Mm-hmm. I, and he's like, wait, I haven't driven in in, in uh, years. And uh, I don't know, that whole dynamic was funny. And I, I would think my main worry would be like, I had, I don't drive on the same side of the road as y'all. Right. <laughs> you sure you want me to drive? Yes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that was funny. And so then uh the uh, molly goes to a party she's still trying to meet her british gentleman but she doesn't she's just not impressed with any of the men in the party some of them try to get get her drinks or talk to her she's not interested and so she ends up talking to the friend of her dad's that she had met uh who knew him when he was younger so she's kind of talking to this sweet old man instead of at the party and uh so you know she's she seems she talks the talk of being super kind of desperate in a way but she's actually not in her actions yeah Uh, yeah and so then he returned he comes home early uh because his sister is getting married 
And uh, I thought that this this next section was the weakness weakest part of the movie, but he he's there. He sees his sister, and she says, "Oh, you've got to go. Go after your you know your woman, your girl, and uh, you're in love." And and I'm like, I think he probably could have, because it's not like it's not like she is leaving right i mean she's gonna be there for a while so why not stay for the wedding (laughs) and see your sister get married that's the whole reason you came home right yes and and then molly will still be there and so (laughs) i was just kind of like wait why does he have to leave (laughs) yes this is where the movie i agree with you took a, a slight turn and um i there were a couple parts in this in this section where I was like, what is happening right now? What, what yeah. is going on? Because <laughs> then he gets there, he, he goes to his apartment yes. and he lies. And I don't really understand why he felt the need to lie. Because he says, oh, I'm just giving you your perfect su- British suitor, your perfect perfect dates, your perfect whatever. But I, I don't understand why he couldn't have done that as himself and why he started lying. Right. I, I wrote down why, 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 Patrick, because I just <laughs> could not yeah. believe, I didn't see that twist coming. And um, it seemed really strange. I, I guess I can understand when you really build someone up or you, you really think this is the one or got all these crazy notions in your head and maybe also you're jet lagged. Like I was trying to give him some credit that mm-hmm. he was just really, you know, out of it. And so maybe he felt like he wasn't enough, but this made up character, Peter, could be exactly the the right fit but like he knew he was stepping in hot water there's no way yeah like all of a sudden the movie went from being the holiday to being pillow talk and i was just kind (laughs) of i I don't know if that was needed (laughs) uh and so then they go on some dates which were cute and then they kiss and he's once they get to the kissing point, he's like, oh, I got to fess up. I got to tell, which was I me mean, shouldn't have let it go on that long. But definitely once you're getting physical, no more lies. <laughs> That's- yeah, especially about your identity. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then she gets super upset and I can understand getting upset. But but when she won't even like have a conversation with him. Right. And I mean, because I think most people would be a little bit upset, but then then they'd sleep on it and be like, oh, this will be a funny story that we'll tell people, you know, we'll tell our grandchildren someday that we met this crazy way. Isn't that hilarious? Like, if you really, obviously, everything isn't made up obviously and 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 once you'd have if you if you were really invested in this person you would have some conversations right and you would talk it out and you deal with it and so the fact that she won't even answer her phone for a long time and even all of her friends are like you are totally overreacting and being ridiculous yes absolutely and and it's it's really interesting because she was such a go-getter gal like the way she stormed into that publishing house and the way she went to london and then Really, it turns out like internally, emotionally, it's like she was actually really scared and and kind of immature. And yeah, yeah. So it was it was an interesting added depth to her character, but it added depth to the story in a way that was a little like, okay, let's pull it together. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I think I was invested enough in the two of them and invested enough in her character that I I was willing to to still it, it wasn't a deal breaker for me yeah. but she was frustrating <laughs> so come on uh and so then the andy and jim get the baby and that was and that's when the whole driving thing happens and it was so cute i loved that part yes i agree it was sweet yeah and so he, yeah he was he tells her i was trying to give you the perfect guy the whole london experience that you wanted then she's still mad and so then he goes back uh he'd gone back to connecticut that's why he was there for the baby and uh she ends up getting a job working with jules mm -hmm. and uh heads back to connecticut to get all her stuff and it was so cute because patrick had left all of these post-it notes all over the house which mm -hmm. was adorable I loved that. <laughs> yes, I loved it too. It was so cute. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they had pretty good chemistry. What do you think? I think they did. I really liked those two characters, their chemistry, a couple as a whole. And the way they uh -huh. kind of like wrote the characters so they balanced each other really well. I thought that was that was really sweet. And they seemed to just have a natural like flow and a natural attraction. And I could see them being a real couple in real life. I liked that. Yeah, I did too. And so then they make up and they kiss at the end and everything's all good. So it's so fun. <laughs> and so one to five, how many stars would you give this? I think I would give this like three and a half, maybe four, somewhere in, mm -hmm. in there, three and a half, four. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I would also give it three and a half. I, I, but I did really enjoy it. I'd watch it again. It's definitely one I would, I would be fine watching. I would again, too. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be fun to watch with a friend or I'll watch it with my mom probably. And I think that if, if this Lara Vandervoort, if she wants to have a career doing these movies, I think oh, she could. She's, absolutely. I think she is a good fit for these films. Yes. Um, yeah. so. It's surprising. She's not already one of the most go-to people mm -hmm. yeah I, it, I don't know what you mean her type just seemed to really yeah. there's sometimes you can just tell that you know and then some people get in shows and they get in other stuff and so you're then they're not uh they don't end up kind of pursuing it but there's some people just like if you wanted to you could totally do this for <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you just you have it how amazing um, because she really could probably do like a couple each year and and the way that yeah our favorites and our repeat actresses yep. them over and it's a, that's a, a great gig to get go for it yeah yeah that's right <laughs> um okay so i'm just gonna talk for a second about bows of holly this was on the ion channel and this stars jennifer freeman and johnny picard michael capone and it's a woman proposes to her boyfriend who says he has to work things out with an ex before he can answer leaving her to take a romantic sleigh ride alone with a sympathetic driver. So this, that's not a very good description of this movie. <laughs> um, this movie, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a good movie. It's a very bonkers movie. And I think it kind of knows it is. It knows it's kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. And so it kind of has fun with it. And uh, it's one of those movies that could easily be a horror movie if it wanted to. <laughs> 
because yeah. <laughs> uh yeah her plans to propose don't go well and he is in her uh her fian- her boyfriend is kind of freaks out about it and he ends up going back to his ex-girlfriend and uh he goes to her house and she is not hardly into christmas at all and the, her and her mom and dad are on their phones the entire time like it's kind of funny they're just like staring and he's just like what is this what is this is not christmas you know and so and, and he'd been kind of critical of her for wanting to go to this like christmas town and she she'd purchased this whole uh, this whole sort of christmas town package with all these different stuff that they were doing and there's a there's a uh, a sleigh ride and there's they go to snowman land mm. and <laughs> all these different snowman land yeah snowman land although i was kind of disappointed at snowman land because it seemed to be just like two three snowmen it wasn't what i would consider a land of snowmen but <laughs> um and so she meets this guy who's the sleigh driver and uh he helps her he's really nice and he helps her find a place to stay and anyway and of course they end up uh they end up uh, kind of uh, becoming more attracted to each other and then her boyfriend comes back because he's so disgusted with the <laughs> with the ex and the 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 non-christmas people he's so disgusted with them that he goes back to her so then it becomes this weird love triangle movie with these two guys and then she and <laughs> uh they get kind of snowed in at a certain point and they're making cranberry and uh and popcorn uh popcorn strands and decorating the tree and and it, it just like very easily this weird love triangle thing could in this cabin could be a horror movie but uh but it's not and i i thought it was funny it was self-aware enough i enjoyed it uh it's not all the acting is the best it's definitely low budget but uh it it it, it was pretty entertaining so i'd give it i'll give it 3.25 stars uh for bows of holly on ion channel cute yeah all right, so let's talk about A Christmas Break. So this stars Cindy Sampson and Steve Byers. And this was uh, this was school teacher Addison Tate wants this Christmas to be special for her kids, especially since the school board has decided that it will be the last as the school will be closing. Uh, so overall, what did you think about this one? I like this movie. I think that I liked it just slightly less than Christmas Exchange, which we just talked mm-hmm. about. But I actually, it won me over by the end. I felt like at the beginning was a little slow for me to hop in with. Um, I liked the premise and I liked the idea of this Hollywood star coming back home. I thought that was really cute. Um, and it was, you know, another another cute story with a lot of fun. I liked the community, the town and the characters that came with the story a lot. Yeah. So this one, normally I am not a fan of save the school movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I wasn't like, this wasn't like my favorite movie, but I thought it was watchable because I really liked her. I, I, I've never seen this actress before. 
Yeah. Sampson. And she was really good. I thought she did a great job. And I thought that she was very sweet and there were enough sort of sweet moments and uh, it felt reasonably authentic to me the way that these people were talking. And I loved her and Phil, English teacher Phil. (laughs) I almost wish the whole movie had just been about them. (laughs) I would watch that. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just been about them in the school, even though I don't like save the school stories. I, for the most part, this one I thought was executed pretty well. And I, I really liked, I really liked Phil. He was great. And uh, Steve Byers, I think he was miscast as this like super hunky, okay, you know, yeah. whatever movie star. Like I, I don't ever try not to comment on people's looks or anything, but he just he's very sweet and and great but just not what i picture like i i think probably somebody uh like he'd be he just feels like he'd be better as sort of the 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 sweet hot widower kind of you know what i mean more the like boy next door kind of a yeah dad kind of a look as opposed to the hunky movie star kind of thing and i think that if someone like chris paloha had been in this Mm -hmm. role or peter porte i think they that would have maybe been a little bit more of a fit for the the role but uh but nevertheless you know he he uh he he did a good job i think with what he had to do and uh and i liked their chemistry pretty well together i think yeah i agree with you across the board i did yeah. have a little bit of a hard time with steve byers playing this role and i had to look him up because i felt like i hadn't even seen him in anything else it i mean uh-huh. it turns out in the end i did there were a couple christmas movies yeah um, that i definitely have seen him be in and then the same thing with um what was he in he was in the christmas cure i think and Catch a Christmas Star, I had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really, really liked Cindy Sampson. I felt like yeah. the character was someone totally in real life, definitely relatable. I loved her specific coffee order, how she was so particular about the things in her life. Yeah. Um, I loved that there was a couple coffee moments where people just knew her so well and they knew what to get her. And I think that really was a sweet little thing. But yeah, I loved that character. I thought they had okay chemistry. I just had to really go with it when it came to believing that this guy was really this famous, kind of like maybe like Matthew McConaughey's like second cousin, you know, like, yeah, I agree. there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If any, I mean, it would almost have been easier to have believed that she was the movie star and he was the like oh, teacher. Yeah. If they had swapped it, I think it might've been more believable, yeah. but nevertheless, uh, the movie had enough good stuff in the dialogue and the situations to overcome that. And it's not like he was bad. It was just sure. Not who I would picture for the role. Uh, and so they, uh, they start out, i loved her assistant judy did you like her i liked her so much i had to look her up because i couldn't believe i've not seen her in anything i think she's a terrific actress but the character was so cute she just like told it like it was and and i'm just there for her friend (laughs) and how about her eating that entire (laughs) thing of cinnamon rolls she's like we're sitting down we're eating these cinnamon rolls close that door she was wiping that yeah close that door 
that was so funny to me. I was like, wow. And so she tries to, to, to contact uh, this movie star that she used to date Dylan and she just keeps getting answer machine, answer machine, answer machine. And it, I, we can definitely relate to this because, but it's more on the email side of, you know, trying to contact the agents or the publicists. And I liked when, uh, when they said, when Phil says that, uh, that, oh, he's shooting a pilot is just, uh, is, <laughs> a line. Yeah, it's just a line uh like oh i feel like we've heard that before <laughs> yes i can't imagine and i i i know that feeling i definitely have reached out to plenty yeah. of industry and not heard anything i loved her determination when she was like oh yeah. like 34 times or something i would never do that that was yeah awesome. uh, <laughs> i told ann our uh, and our co-host and she handles all of the bookings mm. and for all the things and like you'll be able to relate to this won't you and and sometimes it can be pretty hard to get uh in contact with particularly the agents or the the publicists and to uh finally get an answer of what's going on and it can be it can be uh it can be challenging mm. uh so i definitely related to that that was that was really fun and so she keeps calling and uh and then uh the they finally reach they get a hold of them and he agrees to do the play and he's like i, th- I recognize your voice how are you do- you know how are you doing and immediately you can tell that he is interested in her i think very early on and i think that they did a good job with that of even from when he hears her voice, you see that kind of the interest in him. Yeah. Like. Yeah, definitely. And there's something so real about that, that the people that you knew in your childhood or maybe dated a little in high school or had a relationship with, they have, they have a little bit of an extra effect on you, even as an yeah. adult. And I thought that the dialogue in general in the movie was pretty authentic to how you would talk yeah uh, to people uh, and so he's also really good with the kids i thought that all the sections with him teaching the kids was very cute yeah i thought it was really cute and i thought the little the kid who played the lead boy was such a cute little actor i really liked him yeah, he was and, cute yeah and just knowing these kids are filming this movie in a pandemic like that it, i just yeah that they were able to keep doing it me too and so he's, her dad owns a Christmas tree lot and he is great at making waffles. Did this movie make you want to go and eat a bunch of waffles? A hundred percent. I wanted coffee yeah. and waffles yeah. so much. <laughs> Excuse me. And yeah. And, and he's like, I haven't had a carb in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was, that was I like that character too. He was a cute yeah. character. And so then Monique comes into town, his ex who's writing this tell all about him. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so she was, she was definitely kind of a little over the top character. Yeah, she was, she was a lot. I mean, it was, she was, it was a fun character, but she, she was a lot to have the movie and into the town. Yeah, she really was. And so then just kind of smooth things over because Addie's mad that Monique is there and, and everything. And so he gets her a Christmas tree for her house. Yeah. And cause she hadn't had time. She'd been so busy with the school and everything. And, 
and they start to decorate it with outdoor lights I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? Like those like outside icicle lights. Yes. They were even white. Those do not go in a Christmas tree. No, they do not. And maybe Dylan doesn't know. Like Dylan, has he ever done a Christmas tree in his adult life? I don't know. So weird. I was like, what is happening? And those go on the outside of your house. They don't go on a tree. Oh my god! It's just like it looked so weird. It looked so and it, weird, yeah. And it wasn't even like a thing. It was like you know what I mean. Like it wasn't a part of a joke or something. It was, a bit, yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, it was if this was the right way to decorate a tree, and I was just like, "What? What are they doing? Right, They're ruining the tree? Right? Yeah." So that was crazy. That was bizarre. Uh, and so. Then Addie gets the tabloid name of hometown homewrecker. Mm-hmm. And I the 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 school board puts her on administrative leave for that. I thought that was a little little strange. It was a little unbelievable. That I feel like that wouldn't happen in I mean, yes, the PR thing would. Yes, the name would, but being on leave for that seems I I don't think that I feel like that's not legal. No. For no. something something in your personal life that is totally not associated with the school in any way. Yeah, no, that didn't seem like it made any sense. And it almost was like, are they just trying to get rid of her because she's doing so much pushback to school? Yeah. That's what I thought. I think she, she could sue them. Uh, and so that was weird. And so then they set up a GoFundMe for the school because there's, there's little hope. And uh, then Dylan gets the acting role, and so he's he's going to have to leave, and and he feels really bad. He talks to the kids, and uh, he's he says to Addie, "I will stay if you want me to stay," and she says to him to go, which I kind of liked because there wasn't that like that grudge of uh, of you you left without telling me or you left and you care about your job more than the town. No, like she was a reasonable human and was like, you have to do this job. (laughs) Like you have to work for a living. Sometimes, sometimes these movies seem to forget that like people need to work for a living. (laughs) Like Like she was a grown adult character. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so she tells him to go and then she speaks before the school council and they get it on tape Mm -hmm. Uh, they end up losing and uh, so they think it's going to close and then they have a little play and that was so cute so cute and that little santa came out yeah oh yeah it was really sweet i like that scene yeah and so then it turns out her speech has gone viral four million views and then he finds out that he uh he doesn't that he's going to take off some of his pay in order to push things back a week so that uh, he can stay in the town and uh, they they have enough to cover everything everything's saved it's great and yeah i mean so the plot of this is nothing special but i just liked the writing i thought it was solid and i thought that i really liked uh, the side characters phil and uh and her assistant was really funny to me and i liked her a lot and i would definitely see something with this cindy sampson again i thought she did a a good job uh in the role and 
So overall, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was a really cute movie. I'm not sure I would necessarily pick to watch it again over some other movies this mm-hmm. year that have come out, but I think that it was totally relatable and there was something very yeah. sweet about like the simplistic nature of the town and of the movie as a whole. And I actually was reading a little bit about it and um, one of the production production companies behind it said that this was like one of the very first movies to go back to set after they went through their first oh, interesting. lockdown. And I thought that was maybe part of the simplistic nature. Like maybe they were still figuring things out and maybe some scenes had to be changed or yeah. people had to be cut. And, um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked how they, they both had their, their teammate, you know, he had his manager and he had, well, she it was good. Had, yeah. And it was, it was cute. And I like when the town feels kind of like a character a little mm-hmm. special yeah I'm from a town like that originally a really tiny town where everyone knows everyone and there's a gazebo and everything's lit up and you know it's it's very relatable to me I think when I see a small town movie which is all of most yeah. of the movies um, but there's no excuse for those Christmas lights that was so bizarre <laughs> well it was and I, maybe you know what maybe the prop department really <laughs> had a bad experience and they couldn't find the lights they needed <laughs> They just grabbed whatever because the rest of the decorating that she was doing in her apartment was really cute. And it was yeah. it was fun to see her having a little fun, like doing something for Right. Her. Yeah. No, that's true. And then those and she are- made uh and she made those little cookies. Yeah. Sugar cookie uh ornaments, which I thought were cute. Yeah. She did. I really like yeah. that. So I give this one three point two five. I think I'd give stars. it a three three yeah yeah it, so there we go that is our thoughts on these movies uh so thank you so much for coming and talking about them with me i really appreciate it. this was a lot of fun to get to know you and uh if people want to follow you on social media and all that stuff how can they do that so they can follow me on twitter as carrying on which is what i've always had it as and then on instagram it's care k-e-r and bear which is my uh-huh. dog henry bear um, and that may or may not change soon, but if it does, I will redirect everyone. Okay. Yeah. Easy Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll have that in the description. Make sure you're all following Carrie. It's a, she's a lot of fun and uh, you can follow me at Rachel's reviews, all of her social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. And if you are, if you were listening to the podcast on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We also have our patron group, which we have lots of fun perks. So uh, if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, please do. You're going to, you're not going to regret it. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun looks. Uh, and so check that out. And thank you again very much for coming. And we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Bye everyone. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>